Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred words of the Bible. Each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello. Let's get to it. Today we are starting a new letter in the New Testament, the letter to the Philippians written by the Apostle Paul. Uh, just four short chapters, uh, but a powerful, powerful uh, little letter. In fact, it's probably one of the most quoted uh, books of the entire Bible. I mean, we are so many quotable verses in the book of Philippians. And so it's one of my favorites. It's a lot of people's favorites. It's the theme, overarching theme is joy, which is kind of ironic because the Apostle Paul writes this from a place of imprisonment. Uh, and yet the idea is uh, just joy, rejoicing in perspective. And so he writes the, the letter to a group of Christians that uh, he actually was the founder of the church. I think we read about it in Acts uh, about chapter 16. We read about Paul starting uh, the book, the, the, the church in uh, Philippi. Um, and so the, Philippi was a city that was a Roman colony. Uh, it was a city that was uh, characterized by uh, sort of Roman nationalism. And so you can might imagine in a very nationalistic uh, uh, community, uh, they didn't take too kindly to Paul's preaching of Christ's, Christ's superiority or Christ as the true king. <laughs> so, uh, but it didn't deter Paul. He continued to preach and their community grew and thrived there. Uh, and so uh, on this occasion, Paul writes the letter of uh, Philippians uh, in response to a gift uh, that the uh, Philippians had sent to Paul in prison. Uh, they were concerned about him, so they thought of him. They they had great affection for him, so they sent him a gift while he was in prison, and that prompted Paul to pin this letter back to them, thanking them for the gift, but also to just to um, to highlight the goodness of God and uh, the joy of the Lord and perspective of what it means to be citizens of the kingdom of God. Uh, what a blessing! What a blessing that is! And so, uh, the 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 crown jewel of the letter. Uh, to the Philippians is found in uh, the next chapter, uh, Philippians chapter two. So that tomorrow we will, the next on episode, we will, we will get to that one. But today we start with Philippians chapter one. Well, you know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. So glad you're a part of it today. Thanks for being a part. And uh, so, hey, let's jump. Let's jump to it. Philippians, Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus Christ. They're servants of Jesus Christ, not of Rome, but of Jesus. To all God's holy people, Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons. So already we see this is an established church. We have uh, obviously the holy people in Christ. So we have either the church. We have some overseers. We have some deacons. We have, we have a functioning uh, community of faith, Jesus community in Philippi. And... Um, Paul writes, grace and peace to you, verse 3, from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Charis and Shalom, grace and peace, the typical uh, uh, Pauline uh, address. Interesting thing, too, thing about the book of Philippians, unlike other uh, New Testament writings of Paul, there's no corrective uh, section. 
like often their Paul's letters are written to correct some sort of problem in pastoral problem uh, in either doctrinal or interpersonal problem in the community. Um, the church in Philippi, there's no corrective section section of the of the letter. It's uh, <laughs> this church is thriving and Paul is grateful for them. And uh, he writes this to encourage them. So interesting, interesting tidbit about the Philippians. Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for being a part of this. Thank you for jumping on today. Thank you for sharing this, by the way. Thank you for sharing the podcast and subscribing to it. I really appreciate that. Verse three, I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day. Remember, he was there when the church started. So from the very first day until now, being confident of this that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. Whoa, man, that's good news right there. That's good news. Do you, do you know that? Yeah, I don't, I don't know where you are today. You may feel like, man, what is God doing in my life? What, what is God up to in my life? I feel like, some, isn't it true that sometimes we go through seasons where we just feel like we're running in circles? Maybe times, sometimes we feel like we're going backwards. And we think, man, God, what God, what are you, what are you purposing in my life? What is going on? Here's here's a great promise for you. What God began in you, He is going to complete it. He's going to bring it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Everything God has dreamed for you, He will complete in Christ Jesus. Man, thanks be to God for that. Verse seven, it is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart and whether I am in chains or defending or confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ. So he's saying whether I'm in chains or not, I'm, the gospel's going forward. And um, and I, I'm, I'm sharing the gospel. And so whether I don't, don't think that the gospel, Paul wants to reaffirm, don't think that the gospel has somehow um, stopped progressing or moving forward uh, because of these chains that he's in, in prison. No, no, no. Whether I'm in, in chains or out, the gospel continues to move forward. <laughs> Verse nine, and this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may, may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Ooh, man, I love that. That your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. This sounds just this, uh, similar to the Ephesians chapter one. So that you may be able to discern the what is best. Paul prays that the Philippians would know what is best. Man, how do you know what is, how do, you, how do we discern what is best? We, it, we, we first have to have our mind filled with the knowledge of God. We're never going to discern the what's best for our lives until we have our minds filled with the knowledge of God. So we've got to have that. So Paul's saying, I pray that you have the depth of insight so that you can, you can know what is best and be pure and blameless on the day of Christ. Verse 12. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me, his imprisonment, has actually served to advance the gospel. <laughs> How about that? I know you might think conventionalism might tell you that my chain some, would somehow stymie the advancement of the gospel. But I want to just tell you the truth. This is actually why. Why is it advanced the gospel? Because they chained me up to these Roman guards. Who do you think is going to hear the gospel? They got no choice but to hear the gospel. <laughs> Man, I, I love that perspective, though. Like, right? I mean, it's it's how do you how are you going to look at your circumstances? Are you going to look at your circumstances as a detriment or an opportunity? 
Paul's Paul's sitting there with chains on his arms, and he's like, "This is an awesome opportunity. <laughs> this is this is all, uh, this is an opportunity I probably wouldn't have chosen, but this is an awesome opportunity to advance the gospel, to do something great for God." Verse thirteen. As it is a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard. What? So the gospel spreading up through the palace guard that would have never happened had I not been chained to Roman soldiers. But now the palace guard are starting to hear the gospel because of the chains of Christ. Verse 14, and because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Wow. He's, he's just pointing out two things, two benefits of his chains right there. One, the Roman uh, authority are starting to hear the gospel and it's, and it's taking effect. It's working. People are starting to hear and respond to the gospel. And secondly, the church in Philippi, they're becoming more bold. They're like, hey, if Paul can endure uh, being in prison, if if our brother Paul who preaches and, and, and is willing to stand for the God, so can we. So they've gotten stronger. There's two benefits right there to his chains. Without fear. They proclaim the gospel without fear. Verse 15. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am, I've been put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition. Not sincerely supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. He's like some, some, you know, some goodwill, some, some kind of want to dog me for the situation I'm in. But look, but they still trying to preach the gospel, but they're preaching it for, you know, different motives. He's like, right, but I, I ain't getting down in all that. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get down in all that mire. He's like, what? But what does it matter? It doesn't matter. The important thing is what? It's about Jesus. The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Oh, man. <laughs> Look, how can you rejoice despite your circumstances? Paul gives us a, a secret, a little nugget here. When our hope is in Jesus. When it's all about Jesus. When our hope, when our, when our plans, when our goals, when our greatest hope is to bring glory and honor to Jesus... Paul it will remind us that every circumstance offers opportunities to bring a new, a new aspect of glory and honor to God. Whether it's in joy, whether it's in triumph, whether it's in suffering, we have an opportunity. Each situation provides the opportunity to bring glory and honor to God. And so Paul says, I rejoice in that. Do I rejoice in the rash that is on my wrist from the chains, the, 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 uh, the, the sores that have been worn into my wrist through uh, these shackles. No, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not joyful about that. But what I am joyful about is the purpose through that is being accomplished through these shackles. And that purpose is to bring glory to Jesus. And I rejoice in that. Praise God. Woo. That's what he's saying. I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice for I know, verse 19, that through your prayers and God's provision of the spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will return will turn out for my de deliverance. So he's like, he's in prison. He could be executed. That's a possibility. But he says, you know what? I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that I'll actually be released. Through your prayers and provision, I believe I will be released. Verse 20, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way, way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or death. Again, Paul's purpose is Jesus. So he's saying whether whether he's whether I no matter what happens to me, my biggest concern, my biggest prayer is that I have sufficient courage to exalt Jesus in my body. 
I want to bring honor to Jesus. Man, wow. How about that, guys? How about that? Whatever you're facing today, what if you shifted the prayer and said, God, no matter what this outcome, no matter what the circumstance, no matter how this turns out, in the, the way I desire it or not, my biggest prayer is that you might be exalted and that I would do nothing but exalt you through each and every uh, twist and turn of this scenario. Man, mm. man, what a humbling thought, right? Verse 21. And he, so he's talking about now he's going to talk about life and death, right? It's like, I could die. I could live. Now, ironically, watch what Paul is going to say. He's going to say the better scenario for me, like Paul speaking says, the better scenario for me actually is death. The real sacrifice is not death. The real sacrifice is to continue to live and plant new churches and continue to spread the gospel. That's the real sacrifice. Death, it only gets better for me from here. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Whoa, man, watch what he says. Verse 21, for to me, to live is Christ. To live is Christ. It's a sacrifice to Christ. But to die is gain. To die is better. If I go on living in the body, this will mean I fruitful labor for me. That's good. If I continue to live, if they don't execute me in this prison, I continue to live. That's I can I can do more fruitful labor. That's great. Yeah, what shall I choose? I don't know, Paul says, verse 23. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. So he's saying, as, as a local community, as people I love, it's probably better for you that I'm, I remain here, that I continue to pour into you and encourage you and build churches and strengthen you. But for me personally, oh, it's way better to be with Jesus. <laughs> to die is gain. Man. Verse 25, convinced of this, I know that I will remain. So he says, I'm pretty convinced I'm not going to be executed. And I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that through my th through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. So I believe I'm going to be around and you're going to, you're going to be encouraged again. Watch this, though. Verse 27, but whatever happens, I don't know what's going to happen. I can't tell you the future. I, I feel like I, I, I my gut says that, I'm going to be released, Paul says, but, I, but whatever happens, man, this is powerful, guys. This is powerful. Verse 27, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Whoa. Man, that was my prayer all of last year through, through uh, COVID-19, through the pandemic, and even still, and through the election last year was so crazy with all of that. And my prayer for God's people, and I don't know how well we did, honestly, in some cases, but my prayer for God's people was that we would conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. That our highest priority would be a concern for the what we're communicating about the gospel. That's what Paul's heart is. He's like, the most important thing is the gospel. Whether I live or die, that's, that's, that's secondary, insignificant compared to making sure that we're projecting truth about what the gospel is. Verse 27, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. You may be facing something today that is a difficult situation. And my prayer for you today, my friend, is that you would live, that you would walk through that season, that you would walk through that situation in a manner worthy of the gospel. Then 
verse, uh, latter part of verse 27. Then whether I come to you and see you or only hear about you in my presence, in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed. Your perseverance, your devotion, your your the ability for them not to break you because you stand strong for the gospel, it will show them that they are missing something. <laughs> they are missing. If you can stand without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you, this will be a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved. There's something different in you. How, you know, you walk through an adversity and some of you have done this, right? You're going through difficult times and people are like, how did they do that? How did they go through that loss? How did they go through that pain? How did they go through that adversity? How did they go through that personal crisis? And they say, there's something different in them. Yeah, there's something different in me. It's the power of Jesus. It's the power of God. It's God working in me. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Oh boy. See, you're going to suffer some for Jesus. You're going to believe in him, but you're also going to suffer him since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had and now hear that I still have. Nobody gets a free pass through this life without suffering. And when we choose to follow Christ, it's not a ticket uh, out of suffering. In fact, it's it's we're going to suffer, but we get to suffer now for Jesus. <laughs> we get to suffer for our purpose. When we go through our suffering, we can go through it in a manner worthy of the gospel. And we have the promise that he is with us. I mean, people say, Hold on. I mean, being a Christian is hard. Look, life is hard. Jesus makes it easier. He doesn't take us out of the suffering, but he makes it easier because at least we can now we have this great gift of being able to suffer with a purpose. And that all of our present sufferings are not worthy to compare to the glory that's going to be revealed in us in Christ, we're promised. Man, that's good stuff. Great perspective in the book of Philippians about suffering, about joy, that you can have joy. Joy is not circumstantial. Joy is something that is placed deep within you. The world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. Jesus gives it to us. So no matter our external circumstances, we can have joy because it doesn't come from this world. It comes from outside the world. It comes from God into our hearts because of our relationship with him. People see that and they're like, there's something different about him. There's something different about her. There is something different. It's the presence of the loving, grace-filled God I serve. Man, good stuff. Well, thanks for being on today. Thanks for joining us for this first chapter of Philippians. Awesome stuff. So, I mean, I would encourage you to read it through. The short chapters are short. You might want to read through it a couple more times. Powerful, powerful stuff. Um, and already we have a quotable verse, right? I'm confident that he who began a good work is faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Right there already, right in the beginning of the first chapter and, and several others. Live a manner in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. All those things are awesome. All right, you guys, you know what we do? We read, we pray. So we're right there. It's time to pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the joy of the Lord that is our strength and the joy that comes from you that isn't manufactured or fake or fabricated, but it is a genuine joy that comes through you because you are the God of joy and you plant that in us through the Holy Spirit. And so whether we live or die, we do it all for the Lord. And so, Lord, we pray that today we might live for you, that we might Um, live in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. 
like in everything we might live in a manner worthy of Jesus. Lord, may we make his name great today as we gain strength from him and joy from him and courage from him. May we also make his name great, Lord, through the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you for my friends, uh, whatever needs they have today. God, I ask that you might move on their behalf, whatever special needs, whatever special touch they are crying out to you for. In your great mercy and compassion, may you move and touch them in a way that is personal, in a way that lets them know that you see them, that you know them, that you are with them. We thank you, God, for all your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, God bless you today. Thank you so much for joining us on this special Friday edition of the podcast as we begin Philippians chapter one. Hope you'll continue with us through all four chapters of the book of Philippians as we pick up chapter two on Monday. That'll be fun. Philippians chapter two, as I said, is the kind of the diamond of the book. So you definitely don't want to miss that one. If you want to go back and check out previous episodes, you can go back and we just finished up Ephesians. You can go and check those out. And before that, Romans. Um, thank you for subscribing and liking this podcast. Thank you for being a part of it. You are what makes this podcast so awesome. It's this community that we're creating of learning, of growing, of laughing together. It's an awesome thing. We, we, uh, we read, we pray. Now go change the world. God bless you today. See you next time. Thank you for joining us today on Pastor Terry's Bible study podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, please help us by spreading the word about the podcast. You can do that by giving us a thumbs up, subscribing, and sharing it with your friends. You can also find me, Pastor Terry, as well as Bayside Church in Safety Harbor, Florida, on all social media platforms. The church you will find at Bayside Church SH. Again, thank you for being with us today and for sharing this podcast with your friends. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.